Welcome to The Edge of Act, the podcast where we explore the intersection of human stories and business success. I'm your host, Carolyn Crawford, and I'm thrilled to have you join me as we explore the minds of entrepreneurs, marketers, and visionaries who have mastered the art of alchemizing their personal journeys into their business success and learn how you can apply what they've learned to your own business. So whether you're an aspiring entrepreneur, a seasoned business owner, or simply someone fascinated by the power of human stories, The Edge Effect is here to offer you insights, inspiration, and a fresh perspective on what it truly means to make your mark in the world. Get ready to be moved, motivated, and challenged as we embark on this incredible journey together. So let's begin. I'm Carolyn Crawford, and this is The Edge Effect. Okay, hello, everyone. I am with the amazing Kim Fisher, founder of 13 Emeralds Marketing, an SEO agency that helps businesses scale their lead generation by building SEO strategies for long-term growth. Kim, welcome. I'm so excited to learn more about you, 13 Emeralds, and the human story behind the brand. Thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm so excited to chat today. Okay. I'm so excited because I have so many questions about you and SEO is such an important topic in business. And full disclosure, I... I neglected it for so long, not just with my own business, but just like in general, in my career, I was like, what's the big deal? We're making content, whatever. Like I didn't put the pieces together. And then finally, um, I, and finally in, in recent years I did, and I started to really notice a difference and see, so I'm so excited to pick your brain about all of it. So before we get into your story and kind of really getting into the nitty gritty, can you just start off by sharing what SEO is for people who may not be familiar with it? Yeah. So SEO, I mean, really simply stands for search engine optimization, but it's us optimizing a few different things to be able to show up on the search engine. So on Google, 99% of the time, that's what we're looking for. But some clients also want to focus on Bing, which is, excuse me, is another search engine that is very popular among certain demographics. So it's mostly Google and Bing. And we're doing things like optimizing the website and its content with keywords and keyword research. Because with SEO, what we're doing is we're helping you show up for what people are already searching for. People are already searching for you your services, your product, whatever you're selling, you just need to be able to show up there by putting in the right keywords into your website and into your content on your website, whether that's the core pages, blogs, whatever we're doing there. And then of course, there's the more technical side of things where we want your site to load fast. We want you know everything to make sense, to be laid out properly so that Google can understand it and read it, but also for the user to be able to read it and understand it because nobody wants to go to a slow website and wait 30 seconds for something to load. People don't have the patience anymore. So it's kind of those two things. And there's some offsite strategies as well to help you show up on Google to build authority, but that's, that's the basics of it. Amazing. That was such a helpful explanation. And I really liked what you said about you, basically what you're doing is setting them up for what people are already searching for. So essentially the conversion is should theoretically be very easy because you're like, I'm literally searching for this. You show up, you have everything that I need. And so I wanted, I wanted to kind of reiterate that because that is so important from a marketing piece, especially when the topic of funnels comes through and mm-hmm. the types of content and all of the things, which I'm sure we'll, which I'm sure we'll get into. So Can you, I want to talk about you specifically right now is how can you share like how you started 13 Emeralds? 
um, how you got into this space and this is part in particular, this niche, because SEO is highly specialized, I feel like. Yeah, so I feel like it's a little unconventional, but you've listened to more brand stories than I have. So you can tell <laughs> me if I'm not that unconventional, but um, I went to grad school. I, w well, I went to my whole schooling or post-grad schooling or was it post-secondary? So I went, did my bachelor's and master's degree over in the UK. Um, and so, and my master's degree was in uh, digital marketing. And so that's where I kind of got into the marketing world. And I really wanted to either stay working over there or, you know, over in Europe or something. And so I applied to over 900 jobs trying to get a job. Like wow. there was a lot <laughs> and um, because of visa requirements and just generally being an immigrant, it just makes sure. things harder. A handful of interviews and no job offers that would have fulfilled the visa agreement. And so I'd always kind of wanted to start my own business, but thought it would be later along in my career. You know, I felt like I had to do the corporate thing first before I started a business and when I couldn't get a job, I said, okay, maybe now is the right time to start a business. And I thought I was going to be the one woman marketing agency because I left grad school with like the big ego and that I knew everything. I very quickly learned that I did not know very much at all, especially about running a business. And so that was in January of 2020. Um, and then COVID happened. I moved back to the States to be close to family. Plus my visa was running out. Plus I was quickly running out of money. Um, and so I moved back home uh, during COVID and that's that's where I am right now. And that's kind of how I got into oh, running up my own business and 13 Emeralds. And I decided to go into SEO a lot because there's not a lot of women in SEO there. It's very male dominated. It's a tech part of the marketing world. Um, and so it's a male dominated part of the marketing world just by nature, I guess. Um, and so I thought there was a huge opportunity there. I saw that there was a lot of very faceless agencies in the SEO world. Um, and I didn't, I didn't like that. It felt very weird and very almost not quite sure what the word is there, but I don't know. I didn't like how it felt like you weren't really talking to a real person a lot of the time, or you didn't know who you were talking to or who was marketing to you. And then with that, I love the data and I love the creative with the data that you kind of get with SEO and finding creative ways to fit in keywords or creative ways to, you know, find people at different parts of the funnel and the customer journey. Amazing. I love that so much. And I especially love that, like you essentially decided to start not just, you know, for kind of obvious reasons. Yeah. Having your own business, the freedom, all of these things but really to kind of disrupt the industry. Like you said, it's, it's, it is male dominated because SEO is such a tech heavy space. And I find that I'm curious to know your thoughts on this. I find that demand generation generated focus content and is usually is usually done by men and male, male, dominated agencies and all the things and also I find that a lot of the times and like you said I like how you use the word faceless agencies as well there's a ton of that and in my experience with those hasn't always been the most positive and I feel that um you know having that content it's kind of like I don't know I that I think that is why I was so turned off from SEO for so long because I would see that because I would be like, why is this, what, what are you doing outside of just coming up with content ideas, essentially? Because like, sure, that's helpful. But like, do I need to pay 
and they were charging a crazy amount of money the ones I was talking to so <laughs> and yeah I found that as well it feels very just impersonal and I feel like with the younger generations they're really looking for that personal connection and that authenticity and transparency when they're looking for anybody whether it's a marketing service or a, a beauty product I feel like there's a lot more of that personal connection that people need in in some way shape or form totally. rather than what a lot of I found the SEO agencies were doing and like you said just kind of throwing very dull content like it was just like mm-hmm. helpful information which you need but there was totally. others yeah to kind of pull people in in the why you because there's a million of those faceless agencies that just kind of pull pop out the same information so well that's the thing it's like at a certain point sometimes you are replicating creating your own variation of information that's already out there just to kind of compete if you will with others that are doing it in your space but then there's another side to it that where you and I liked how you said you know it's it's completely taking the data and being still being creative and finding those creative ways to say, okay, this is what people are telling us they're searching for or doing or whatever it is that you look at. And then this is how, you know, let's create a blog post on this. Let's create a page on this. Can you share, I want to go into some of the nitty gritty of it, but I, before we do that, can you share a little bit about some of the challenges that you in, in the field that you're in, especially if, when you're up against these kind of agencies and whatnot, what, what are some of the challenges or kind of hesitations that you're facing with clients when it comes to SEO? Um, I think, I think it's not necessarily going up the, going up against the agencies, although it might partially be that way, but I think it's really setting the expectations for the client in that, we can't, you're not going to be ranking number one overnight or in a month or in two months if you've never done any kind of SEO before, because so much of it is building authority and building authority with your audience, but also with Google. Um, So it's something that really takes time. And sometimes the positive ROI takes six months to really see significant, I guess, positive ROI, you know, breaking even is, is always the goal much earlier than that. But it's something that builds upon itself for years. I mean, there's companies that have been around, you know, since people could have websites and they're just by nature going to have a higher domain authority to start with because they've had so much time. So you're really competing against time and other people's authority when you're starting out with SEO. So it's setting the expectation that it's something that's going to be incredible for your business, but you really have to keep at it. Otherwise, it's not going to be worth it in the short term. It's something that you need to use for the long term. And something that we tell to help them out with is repurposing that content because it can be used in a million different ways. So I'm sure you know, but like you can use it in your email marketing, you can use it in your social media marketing, like your long form content doesn't just have to be used on your website. Um, So that's probably the biggest one is setting expectations and people not wanting to stick it out because they don't see results in in two months is probably the biggest, biggest issue I come across. That's such an important point. And I want to touch on it a little bit more because I think with marketing in general, especially like, and this has been always my issue with the marketing industry as a whole is that like, and especially lately, like there has been an influx of people being like, get results quick, grow your Instagram following by Mm -hmm. X amount and whatever. And, or go viral, all these things. And there is, 
it's all kind of a lie <laughs> in many ways, right? And it's like, sure, there. I'm not trying to discount other people's um, experiences and whatnot. I don't know what they did to achieve those results, if those results are real. But I think across the board in the industry for the people who've been in it, the, the ones who, like you, they are just you know, rolling up their sleeves, they're getting the job done and all the things, they will say the same thing. Marketing is a long game. And I think especially with newer businesses or young or businesses where you're investing your own money, you're no longer like, like you don't have a full bank of all of this cash that you can just like yeah. kind of throw out. And so I'm curious. So I wanted, that's why I wanted to kind of reiterate that point because marketing in general is a long game, but SEO is one of those where you really don't see the results or maybe you do for like one of the things that you're doing. Like I have a client where we're seeing results for literally like two blogs that were posted back in September that are now <laughs> like really driving traffic to the website, but like there's all this other work also being done. So it's like, it, it really is a balance and it really is a game. So I'm curious to know sort of what for the people who are kind of really hesitant and really like, I don't know if this is right for me. I don't know, like this is a lot of money or whatever the investment is, right? It could be even a dollar, like, you know, I, for the people who are kind of on the edge about it, what is something that you do share with them about to like kind of help say, like help them really see the bigger picture? Um, I just try and really focus on like what their long-term goals are. And I think, I mean, something that we see in marketing a lot, and I hear this from my people who have worked in corporate before, their companies always want to help them go viral or whatever mm -hmm. that means. Right? And that's not really <laughs> something that you can just make happen, I think, unless maybe your BuzzFeed, but, you know, and it's, it's really thinking about the goals and where do you want to be, not just in six months from now, which is something we always kind of ask on our intake questionnaire on where do you want to be six months from now? Because that's when we can kind of see results. But where do you want to be five years from now or even 10 years from now? Do you want to be an industry leader? Because SEO is the long form content that you really need to kind of be an industry leader because you just you really need that. And, you know, do you want to be the most well known in your city or do you want to be the most well known in your industry? Like, we kind of put that into perspective, big picture, because that's really where SEO thrives is going to be big picture goals on where you want to be in the future. Because I don't know, all the other marketing strategies feel a little bit easier. I think cause it's easier to pump out a lot more content for social media or for email marketing or things like that. And you get that instant gratification with those strategies. With social media, you're getting the likes, you're getting the views, you're getting the shares, saves even maybe and with email marketing you're seeing like the conversions come through people are coming to your site or they're replying or they're doing all the things they're opening they're clicking but with seo everything is a little slower so we really have to bring it big picture for them for them to really get why they need it i appreciate that you use the difference that um with the instant gratification because i think that's a very true point right and i think even the example that you use of like you know, a lot of people are, their goal is to go viral, but then what happens when you go viral? It, you eventually drop down. Sure, you pop, mm -hmm. you spike for a bit. Maybe, maybe it sets a new baseline. That's always, you know, the ideal scenario, but sometimes you just have a video or whatever that went viral. And then what happens after that? However, I 
do you believe from my perspective on what you do that you're essentially giving them a foundation, but the foundation is like strengthening, strengthening itself behind the scenes that you can't see because like the way the world shifts and sure, like that's part of your job of like doing that research and, and understanding how Mm -hmm. that strengthening is going to kind of come into play. However, when they eventually get, if and when they get the viral or if and when they get to a place to where like they really start to see the momentum, not even just with SEO, the SEO is there to catch those people. So if you think about it, and I, and I'm curious to know your perspective on this is the way I'm thinking about it is like all of the stuff that they're doing on the digital marketing side outside of the SEO, outside of their website and all the things, you know, it's always to keep fueling that engagement with their audience, right? SEO is one of those things where people can actually take away, they can peruse, it kind of get puts the control in their hands to find what they're looking for versus, oh, they're on their phone, they're scrolling, they can't, you know, you know what I mean? Like it's, and I'm curious to know your thoughts on how you see other parts of marketing impact or how basically how SEO plays into that and into that relationship. Yeah. So, I mean, I liked what you said, like with Instagram or TikTok, you're like scrolling and the whole goal is to stop the scroll. You want them to stop and listen or stop and read or, you know, kind of whatever you're trying to do there. But with blogs or with SEO there, you're not having to stop anything because they're already looking for for the content. I mean, you have to get their attention so that they actually read the thing or or go to the next step in the funnel or the journey but you're not having to stop the scroll in the same way. Um, you're just wanting to create engaging content in a little different way. It doesn't have to be that like viral, like stop, you know, hook kind of situation that we do with social media um, or even email marketing. Like you don't have to have this crazy subject line that makes people want to open up the email and actually read through it. Um, but with SEO, we really see it as kind of the top of the content strategy is how we like to do it. When people invest in SEO, we say we have this content strategy and we're doing X number of blogs a month. And then you can give that content to all of your other marketing teams if you have them, or if you're more of a solopreneur, you can do it yourself. And then you can break that up because that way all of your content matches each other. All of your content is working together for the same goal rather than having like three separate teams or three separate strategies for your content. We really like it to fit in with what you're doing. And I think we see that mistake a lot, especially when they hire us on as an additional marketing team is we're kind of left out of the loop because they're like, just create content that ranks. And I'm like, okay, we can do that. But but why would you do that? Why wouldn't you create mm-hmm. content that is meeting all of your other goals that you have, whether it's marketing goals, business goals, or, you know, just like branding and messaging, like we want it all to fit together. Um, I think that's a big mistake that we see some people do. And occasionally creating content that just to rank can work, but we don't want that to be the whole strategy. Like sometimes there is something trending just on Google that we need to write about, uh, but it still has to match everything else in some way, shape or form, but it can be a little different. I love, okay, I have I have so many thoughts, so many, so many avenues to go down here. Cause I love everything that you just said. One of which I think is extremely important to keep to, to again, re- I keep reiterating everything that you're saying because I, I love it, but w- I appreciate the example of SEO being cut off from the rest because 
what I see so often with marketing, and this is actually exactly what I do with companies and why I work with companies with limited resources is because the way that businesses view marketing, all it doesn't matter the app, like just the whole marketing pool, if you will, they see, they end up doing everything in silos because and usually be, they, they do it in a couple of different ways. And, and please chime in with your thoughts on this. But I, from my experience, they either are throwing everything at their limited resources, got to just cover the basis and whatever, just catch it all and all the things. And then you're just, it's just a juggling act and whatnot. They also, a lot of the times I've seen is they are open and willing to give you the resources needed or hire the resources required or whatever it is, but they keep it separate because they don't know how to bridge the gap there. And so really from my viewpoint, typically is like, how can we want to make sure everything that we're doing is connected so that it makes sense to what you were saying, right? Like, why wouldn't you want your content that SEO is creating to also be connected to what's being on social media. Sure, the content frequency is different. So maybe that could be why, but at the same time, it's like if you spend a lot of time creating one long form thing, you could break that up into daily posts or whatever, right? Like obviously. So I wanted to call that out because I think that's so important and a lot of people don't don't respond to that way. And then also to what you were saying about just SEO in general and how it is there to support you and how you have to react to certain trends. I'm curious to know with the trends in particular, right? Because those are constantly changing. How do you, what does that reaction process look like for you? And how, if SEO is such a slow game, if you will, how does that work and how does that actually benefit them? And especially because you have to be so reactive to some of these trends. Yeah, I think with SEO and the type of clients that we have are typically not massive companies with massive budgets and we're not pumping out a blog a day, like we're not HubSpot or anything like that. And it's not that constant. So we really have to take the trends with a grain of salt. Like we're not trying to attack every single one, but for example, we do content strategy for a copywriting agency and AI is obviously a huge trending topic. So mm-hmm. right now, a lot of the content is around AI, why, how you can use it, how you shouldn't use it and all of those things. So when you can kind of see that trends are going to be sticking around for a while, that's when we choose to write about them. There's something that's kind of come up really quickly and it will be a topic for a little while, but we're not, you know, taking the small little trends and writing every little thing about those just because they won't stick around long enough for them to gain traction with our clients because our clients tend to be smaller strategies are very different for big companies who already have a high authority and everything like that and their content will rank quicker just because of who they are um so that that's kind of how we look at trends is if they're gonna if we can see that they're gonna stick around a while is when we choose to spend time and energy creating blogs about them fair enough okay Cool. Awesome. Um, Okay. So I have a question for you about kind of going back to your, just your business and your experience as a marketer and how you sort of apply your expertise to your own business and dealing with, I would imagine the the similar business owner experiences that a lot of, a lot of us deal with. So 
One of the things I wanted to call out was just in your messaging, and you already touched on this a little bit about, you know, not being like seeing what was out there, being a faceless agency, things like that. In your messaging, you do talk about transparency and accessibility. Can you share about why that was such a core piece of your messaging and why that matters and and kind of what you, and actually I have a two part question. So I'll let you answer the first part now. Yeah, so especially with the transparency, what I was finding when, you know, we jump on discovery calls or sales calls, um, people that had worked with SEO agencies before were like, we were spending tons of money, whatever that meant to them. You know, maybe it was $1,000 a month, maybe it was $10,000 a month, it, you know, depend on the business. And we didn't even know what they were doing. And I was like, what do you mean you didn't know what they were doing? <laughs> like, I thought first I thought they just didn't understand, but they were like, no, no one was telling us. They would just give us mm-hmm. reports or maybe they weren't even giving reports. They would just be like, we did your SEO this month or we spent the 10 hours a month that you had paid for and we did SEO, but like weren't telling anybody what they were doing. And so they were frustrated. And then on top of that, they weren't seeing any results. And so I'm like, what? I mean, to me, that just sounds like a scam. Like that doesn't even sound like yeah. a marketing agent. <laughs> um, and, and so I knew that was going to be something that I wanted to really, you know, have a lot of importance in my business. I wanted people to be really clear on what we were doing there to be like no kind of gray area. Um, I opened my books for monthly calls with all of my clients. Some of them take them, some of them don't, it's fine. They're all integrated into our project management system so that they can see the high level structure of what we're doing. They don't need to see all of the little tiny tasks that we do, you know, all of the technical bits. Cause I think that would just be more confusing than it would be worth to share it with them. Um, but we really wanted that to be something really ingrained because of how many people had been burned by SEO agencies before. Sure. So for them to be able to trust us and to grow that trust. I really wanted it to be super transparent because I know they had been burned before. That's such a good point. And I think, and I, as you were talking, I remembered an experience I had with an agency that I was like, they, yeah, they just never, they never shared. They never shared. And that's so common. And so I commend you for kind of, you know, making that part of your daily processes because it's really not that difficult to do in my, my personal opinion, but maybe some people were, I will argue with me there. Um, the other part I had for the question was there is a conversation about, you know, core values. And like you just said, you just shared yours and you make that very well known in the way you operate your messaging across the board on your website, things like that. I'm curious to know your thoughts on how that comes into play with the work that you do in SEO for your clients. Um, do you mean like how much of what we do we share with them or? I know, sorry. I mean, how much are you, how do I rephrase this? So the core values is what essentially ties into a business's messaging so often, right? Sure, we're not like fully talking about transparency directly every second of every day or whatever but like in some shape or form it comes through so I'm curious to know the value that plays into SEO when like as in general not just with your business not with how you do like operate um but just how how do you infuse that core messaging or what kind of role or yeah what kind of role does that play in the content that you're creating for SEO um I think like for our clients, you know, we're creating content 
that also speaks to their core values. I feel like that's really important. I'm not quite sure if that's answering your question yeah. in the content we create. It, it all boils down to who they are. We never are creating like generic content. We want it to all be because we all want to speak to a specific person, right? We have our, mm-hmm. you know, buyer personas out there and we speak to them. And I feel like that's really important for all businesses to do. And that's where that transparency comes through. I mean, we work with clients in all kinds of different industries from architecture firms to healthcare providers to HVAC companies to beauty product businesses. And so it's all just making sure that they're also being transparent in whatever they do. Um, We've had leads come to us who want like AI content that isn't, you know, actually what they do. They just, again, are wanting content to rank. Mm -hmm. So I think it comes down to like the, the authenticity of all of the content that we're creating. We want, I mean, every business has a place, I think Mm -hmm. in the market and it's being able to have them speak to their ideal person, not just to the general public, I think is, is kind of where that all comes down to. I hope I answered your question. Yeah, no, absolutely. Again, and that question was so open-ended because and the reason I ask is because core values play such a key role in messaging in general, right? And it's actually one of the things that I think a lot of people feel they need a lot of help with, yet they're very clear on what their core values is are and why they're, you know, they are who they are and all the things. And so, and it's really just a matter of boiling that down into messaging that's just you know, you find op- you can easily find opportunities to weave that in. However, on the marketing side, those core values don't even have to come through in messaging, but I am curious. I was just curious to know from an SEO perspective, right. And the content you're creating, how is that being infused without solely directly being like, we value transparency, right? Like, and with, like you just said, right. It is creating content that is aligned. So you're not going to like a company like yours, isn't going to all of a sudden start being like, here's, why math teachers are great or something. I don't know why that was the example I chose, but like just first thing that popped in my head, but like just something so random and not at all aligned, you know, to what you said. Granted, if they really are like, to the example you used about a company wanting AI because they just wanted to rank or whatever, how are you tying their core values to that topic if that's not necessarily directly aligned? topic for them we kind of tell them that's not it's not gonna meet your end goals I guess is mm-hmm. what we tell them. like there's no point in us spending time I mean we don't do AI con like we don't create content using AI we use it to brainstorm yeah. and do that but we're not using it to like write blogs or sure. websites or anything like that um but we normally tell them it's not going to meet your goals just creating this content because you asked chat GPT to write a good blog on on whatever topic I don't know <laughs> but um so it's it's all about meeting your end goals and is it really going to help you get there then if not why would we spend any time I know it's you would want AI generated so it doesn't take a ton of time but like why even publish it on your site and if anything it's going to kind of muddle the waters on Google understanding you know who you are and who you want to serve and where you want to rank and what kinds of people you want Google to, to push push you push them to um and so we kind of do it that way. It's kind of an awkward conversation when they've, you know, are just talking to us because they want to rank. And that's when we really, again, have to pull back the curtain and look big picture of why you want to rank for these topics. Is it just to have a number one spot or is it because you want to convert more people that are looking for 
you know, whatever topic that they're trying to write for. Uh, so it's a lot of, a lot of conversation around that. <laughs> okay. I love this. Again, I keep saying, I love everything you're saying because it's true, but I love this because it's so freaking important. And it is the number one thing people need to ask every single time they're about to do literally, I think anything in marketing. I mean, I get that it's annoying to do and I have to pause every single time, but that conversation that you're saying is kind of awkward, which it is right. Cause on them, they have it in their head and then you have to be the one to be like, terrible idea or whatever, whatever that conversation goes. However, it is an extremely important conversation and you would not be doing your clients justice if you did, if you just went with whatever they asked. Yes, there is, as an agency, there is a balance to, you know, support the client and how they need to be supported that goes into it. But I think that something that a lot of agencies, a lot of freelancers and a lot of in-house people, especially I had this issue as an in-house person, marketing person is you get so bombarded. You're trying to execute X, Y, and Z. You just want to stay up to date on X, all these other things happening. And then someone comes in and says, Hey, we need to be doing this. It's so easy to be so reactive and say, okay, let me just do it. And, but instead pausing and saying, okay, but why are we doing this again? Like, I can't tell you how many times, especially when I was in-house, someone would come to me and be like, we need to get this ad in here. Like I just use this example because it's an ad. They just, ads were really top of mind, but it was like a print ad. The messaging was not clear. There was no clear process on how are we, what, where do we act expecting the ad was going to cost tens of thousands of dollars. It was absurd. So I remember going to him and this happened multiple times. And I said, why do you want to do this ad? What is this? What does this have to tie in? I knew the answers, right? Like I knew, but I needed them to recognize that there was no, like, we need to think smarter about this. And so that's why I'm calling this out because it is so incredibly important. And I think and I, you probably may agree with me here, so please chime in, but the, like, just even the concept of creating content and saying, I'm going to do a blog if they have no intention of keeping it up or like, just because they feel like they need to do it from an SEO perspective. Sure. Great idea. But like, I'm curious to know your thoughts on people who are like, yes, I'm ready to start doing content creation. They, they aren't in a place to where they can invest in someone like you to really help them assist. What are your thoughts there for people who go through that process and are like, I just need to do this because that's what everyone's doing or X, Y, and Z. Yeah. I mean, I think the, I need to do this because everyone else is doing it gets really dangerous because everybody's doing everything. So how much can you put on your plate for one? Um, (laughs) And I know I've fallen into that trap as a business owner. Like it's not something that I think is silly or stupid to think through because I think we've all been there and being like, I need to do all the things I need to do the email marketing. I need to do the social media. I need to do the blogs. I need to do the ads. And you're like, I don't, there's not enough time in the day, (laughs) especially when you're not an expert in all of those things. Um, but if you really want to start blogs because you want that long form content and you want to make your content creation easier, in my opinion, people may, you may have a different opinion there. I think it makes it a little bit easier when you have the long form content to start with, whether it's a podcast or a blog or a YouTube video, whatever it is. Um, and you really want, you really foresee your, your business succeeding like long-term and you really want to grow and scale your marketing like long-term 
And I don't think there's anything wrong with DIYing it. I think something is typically better than nothing as long as mm -hmm. you're making the right kind of content. And to make that a little easier, a lot of what we do in SEO is just answering people's questions. Like, what are they mm -hmm. asking people about your industry, about your service, about your product? And you're answering it. Think of it, if you're DIYing it, I think a really easy way to think about it is really long form FAQs. What yeah. questions have answer them it's and that's, that's what a great be, connection yeah they're going to be looking for that on google or even if they come to your site from a different marketing channel they're going to be looking for those questions anyway they're going to be looking to know like how to use your product or why they need your service i mean those are really basic ones but you, you can go more like nitty-gritty with the questions but yeah. i don't think DIYing is inherently bad as long as you're doing it for the right reasons. <laughs> no, 100% DIYing is not bad at all. And you have to until you're ready to invest in external help. Yeah. You have to, it is a matter of, like you said earlier, right? Like the, the need, the feeling, the need to do it because someone else is doing it. And I think that is what, you know, to, to the answer you provided earlier about with the example of AI, right? Like why, are you writing this blog or why should we write this content about AI? Because it doesn't align with your end-term goals. And I yeah. think that is something to kind of always just have your sight on is what's the end goal? What's the end goal? And it evolves, like the path to get there always will evolve. But I find like your end goal is always, is typically always there and it always stays the same. It's like a North Star. So thank you for sharing that perspective. Okay, I want to... Like I said, I can talk about this all day. So I want to be mindful of your time here. But okay, so I want to talk about specifically you and how you leverage your expertise as you navigate the business owner, especially because you, I would imagine in the beginning, it was probably maybe a scary experience being like, oh, I'm on my own now. <laughs> I'm not doing this. Can you share a little bit about what went into your thoughts with marketing? How did you struggle getting your own SEO off the ground? Was it easy for you because you had the experience? Like, can you just share a little bit about your your evolution? Yeah, so I actually, I mean, our website has been optimized since we've had a website, but we've only just started creating long form content earlier this year simply because of time like and resources and everything. And now that I have more of a team, it makes just a million times easier just having more time and having people on my team who can help us create the content and everything there and we're three and a half years into business so it's not something I could have done I mean I, I tried at the beginning of my business but it just wasn't consistent and so it wasn't yeah. worth it because consistency is key in I mean I think in all of marketing but definitely in, in SEO like you can't just post once every three months on social media and expect to grow right and so it's the same thing with seo and with traffic there so we started out mostly again with social media i think a lot of our messaging even still now really focuses on either adding seo to other marketing strategies or maybe it's the burnt out business owner who's like i cannot post five times a week or three times a week on social media and all of these things and i need a different kind of lead gen tool um, and so we'll focus on that. And so those people are obviously on Instagram because they're struggling with Instagram and they're, they're trying to grow their business and it's just not working there. And so that's where a lot of our messaging focuses on. And so that's where we started. A lot of our marketing out was on, was on Instagram and then of course, just community building as well. 
for sure. Can you share a bit about what that community building looks like for you? Yeah, I think I think in the beginning, because I started my business, I didn't have any business owner friends. I was just really <laughs> out there on my own and like trying to figure this thing out. And I just started reaching out to people, like not trying to sell them anything. Like it was really just like, I need business friends. I need somebody I can talk to. <laughs> about the things that we're going through. And I really started connecting with a lot of web designers and copywriters because I know our services kind of mesh really well together. Your websites need SEO, copywriting mm-hmm. needs SEO, and it works really well. And, and that's how I've built a lot of community. And it's now where probably most of my business come from is still from referrals. And it's from those copywriters and web designers that I met you know, in the first like year, year and a half of running a business. And so it was really just talking to them and meeting them and, you know, like this and just chatting through what we think about the industry and all those things. And then you're sharing your expertise and I was sharing my expertise and back and forth and open the doors, like ask each other questions about whatever so that we could sell things better, whether that was bringing them on or just just in general um, is, is how I did that and just finding those women in business because I tried the Facebook groups for SEO that are were full of men and Mm-hmm. did not have a good experience I'm not negating that they're all good or they're sure all sure but your experience was not the most not where no. you wanted to spend your time that's fair. no it was not the most supportive it was like why don't you know this I'm like well because I'm new yeah. <laughs> I don't know much of anything um and and so yeah finding that kind of community through Instagram and then eventually some Facebook groups that I found was invaluable in my business Amazing. Okay. I love this evolution because I think it's so incredibly relatable. I've definitely experienced this, but even when I'm talking to new clients and again, like I work with people being like, I know I need marketing. I don't know what to do, but depending on the stage in their business, there's only so much like digital marketing is not going to give, like give them the results that they need because they need to really build that. And I love, I love that you were kind of just you recognized that you were inconsistent so you didn't do long form content for whatever variety of reasons right until you had the right resource until it was right for you right I think and but you laid down the foundation with the optimization just to, so that way it catches when it's there and it strengthens and all the things but I love that you ended up just saying you know what like let me it, I have to be the one to you know, I have to just build this community. I have to connect people. And that's this organic route that you took. I also love that you said that you focused on messaging or targeting an audience with their pain points. So I think you used the example of Instagram. Can you share how that came to be and how you decided to kind of like, how did you develop content around that pain point? Um, I'm trying to think back to the very beginning. Because uh, <laughs> I think you're also still doing it. So if even if you have to tap into like what you're doing now, that's fine. But I feel like a lot of the times people get so caught up there. Like, how do I create content? Like, what do I do? But really, like, you just have to keep in mind that pain point that you're solving. So and you met them where they were, which was Instagram. So that's a new, another important point. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think it's very similar to now, but I think at the very beginning, I was really stuck on like the how-to content. And while that still plays like small parts in our content, Mm -hmm. because I think, you know, the people that are always going to DIY it, they might, you know, eventually not want to DIY it in the future. But, you know, there's always things, little things that they can do now to help them for when they are ready to hire. But 
at the very beginning and with my own struggles, like you're like, okay, how many times do I have to post a week? Do I have to post on my stories every day? And it's like this content, like, you know, hamster wheel of content creation. Um, and I was struggling with it. I was noticing, you know, especially like peak pandemic. So when I was starting my business, you know, everyone was trying to be on Instagram because that's how they could connect with people. Um, and they were getting burnt out and they're like, I'm back from my three month break or I'm back from my month off of Instagram. And I really saw that people were struggling with the content creation. And so meeting them where they were at was like, we can create this long form content that not only makes your other content creation easier, but it kind of can pull you away from Instagram while you're struggling. Like you don't always have to be mm-hmm. constantly on it if we're focusing on SEO, especially if you're new in your business and you can't invest in all of the marketing channels. Um, of course, it works better if you can do them all, but it's just really not possible when you're when you're brand new unless you have a lot of capital. They're, and I'm very jealous if you're new and have a ton of capital because I, <laughs> I wish I did. And I think it was just meeting them where they, they were at there when I could see the struggle um, with everybody. And I think it's it's always talked about on Instagram where they're like, especially if they don't have a social media manager, if they're like, how do I create all of this content mm-hmm. constantly? How do I get off this wheel of not knowing what to create? And so that's, that's where I jumped in and where I saw the pain point. Okay. And just to make that very clear connection. So their pain point was, I feel like I'm exhausted because I'm constantly on Instagram because I'm constantly trying to get, get customers through this medium that feels right for me and blah, blah, blah. Your, your connection, your solution to that and how you, in the messaging that you shared on Instagram, which is where they were and also where they were experiencing the problem, which is so smart, was to say, you don't, you can let your content do the legwork for you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I wanted to, I wanted to make that connection because I think a lot of the times people are still like, okay, I know that. I get the pain point. I know where we're doing, but what am I actually giving that? How, like, how do you like lead them back to me and whatnot? So that's why I wanted to make that clear connection is that you are solving the problem that you're solving is that there is legwork that they can do right now that they don't have to do later on. Yeah, exactly. Um, And that is in general, the benefit of SEO as a whole. (laughs) Doing the work for you, you get the lead. I mean, if your website is set up correctly, like with some kind of funnel, and it can be like the world's shortest funnel, like an email opt-in or a contact form, as long as there's some way for them to convert, you can get leads all of the time, like in your sleep, yeah. while you're on vacation, whatever you're doing, which is what we all dream of. And it doesn't have that engagement component like social media does and everything there where you're not having to like constantly message people or, you know, comment and like on their... And so it, it takes that kind of part out of it as well, or at least it doesn't add that as an additional strategy or another place where you have to engage and comment and like, and all of those things. Yeah. 100%. Um, okay. When, for new businesses or actually now I want to, I'm trying to think what to, I want to be mindful of time. So I'm trying to make sure I get all the juicy questions out um, for a new business owner or someone who can't afford to invest in SEO from an expert like you, where do you suggest that they start? Um, I guess it depends on how much they want to learn. Um, At first, I think 
there's a lot of great stuff just on YouTube and on mm-hmm. Google that they can figure out or memberships or courses or wherever they prefer to like learn. Um, but I mean, obviously you need a website. I mean, sometimes people ask me that. I'm like, do you have a website? And they're like, no, it's, that's where we need to start. You need yeah. to post the content. Step um, one. <laughs> step one, have a website. Um, get Google Analytics set up so you can track things mm-hmm. is always a number one priority. Anytime we bring on a new client, sometimes before we even look at your, you know, onboarding questionnaire, we're setting up your Google Analytics so that we can mm-hmm. have all of that data. Um, or whatever analytics tool you use. We suggest Google Analytics, but there's a million and one different ones sure. out there. And you, you just need one. <laughs> um, and then it's it's just creating that content, I think, is the most important. If it's a brand new website, you probably don't have a ton of tech SEO issues. Obviously, there's things we can do to optimize it a little bit better. But really, it's just going to be starting that snowball effect of creating mm-hmm. content. The more you create, the more Google understands who you are and who you serve mm-hmm. and who to put to the better ranking opportunities you have and the better opportunities you have to be picked up by some other website or some other business to like share their link or your link on their website or anything like that, which all builds authority. When your link is on somebody else's site, Google sees that as an authority builder on so you can rank easier and quicker. I love that. And also too, I have a question. Is it... especially because part of what you do is that keyword search. So like mm-hmm. how important are the keywords? How do you, how does someone get started with that? Um, because I think a lot of the times, right? Like, okay, someone's ready to start a blog again, using this example, they can come up with content ideas potentially, or you leverage chat GPT for content ideas, but how do they know if what they're doing is actually going to support their, their site? Yeah. So I mean, there's a bunch of tools out there that are free. I think there's like Google Keyword Finder. There's um, Answer Answer the Public, I think is, is still free, mm-hmm. if, if I'm correct there. Um, that one doesn't provide data. It's kind of like chat GPT in that way where it can kind of give you what people are searching for just without the data behind it on how many people. But Google's Keyword Finder, Uber Suggest is another really affordable option where you can pop in what you think people might be searching for just kind of based on your own brand messaging and who your ideal audience is. Cause I mean that, I guess finding your ideal audience is truly step number one or maybe step zero in trying to figure out, you know, what people are searching for. Cause if you don't have that nailed down, it makes the keyword research really difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, pop in there, what questions you think they're asking or maybe the keywords from those questions and seeing if people are writing about it and if people are searching it. And with that, you're going to want a high search volume and a low keyword difficulty is kind of the sweet spot there um, for anybody that is looking at Uber Suggest or any of those uh, keyword research tools. I know that gets a little bit more technical and a little harder to explain over over something That's like okay. this. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. No, I mean, it's still helpful, right? Because I think, I think, I mean, to what, just to kind of really nail it down is like, you do want to make sure that you are creating content that people are searching for, asking for, and versus you just being like, I have this idea, let me create it. Even though you think it's valuable, you want to make sure that the audience finds it valuable too. Is that correct? Yeah. And I think if you find one of those pieces of content that maybe people aren't searching for, I mean, it it will never hurt you to create that content, but maybe save it for somewhere where you're kind of convincing someone to look for those questions, like a social media platform, or maybe even email marketing, where Mm -hmm. they will know to search that question, but it's helpful for them to learn the answer. It might be better for a different marketing channel 
but yes, always data-driven is a big part of what we do. Um, we say with that intuition is super important, but just have the data to back it up in creating that content. Otherwise, mm -hmm. it's not really worth your time to at least put it over on the blog if there's no for data sure. to back it up. And for that data, would you say that the the way that they back it up is just, is it is in the numbers of what's the search volume, who's asking, what are they asking and everything? Is there anything that they should be looking at as it relates to on their own website, like with that Google analytics, like what do you typically search for or I guess I think, analyze? Yeah. I think the Google analytics comes into play once you've had quite a bit of content and you can see what content is performing well, not just driving the traffic, but also converting because if you have content that's driving, I don't know, you have a blog that's driving a thousand people to your site every month, but it only converted two people then maybe that type of content isn't the most useful because nobody's actually sticking around mm -hmm. to join into your email list or buy a product or fill out your form or however they convert. Um, so I think the Google Analytics comes into play when you have quite a bit of content to look at and you can kind of see how it's all performing together. That's great. Okay, a last few questions related to you. I promise I'll let you go. <laughs> um, but when, when going back to your own brand and your own marketing, so you said you started long form content, you repurpose a lot of that content. I personally follow you and I love how you break things down so easily and you do a variety of different things on social media. You're sharing case studies, testimonials, client results, but also breaking down the just general, like, I actually don't see a lot of how to's like I do, like you said that you were doing in the beginning, like I see a lot of breaking down how, like, why this is important SEO, what it like more about like SEO as a whole in the industry versus like, here's what you should directly do. Can you share just a little bit? Cause I, again, want to be mindful of your time. What went into that process and why you think that's valuable? Yeah. So to be fully transparent, I have a social media manager who helps me out with a ton of my content, um, but awesome. we work together and it was really all about providing value. And we found that with the how-to content that I was doing earlier on, it wasn't like people were liking it and saving it, but we weren't finding that they were actually doing anything with mm -hmm. it. Um, so like we were getting the likes and the saves, which is what you would say is like a successful social media post, you know, and maybe the likes are a little bit more vanity, but the saves is really what you're looking for a lot of the time or the shares. Um, and we found it just, it wasn't helping people like get to where they needed to go to actually have SEO help them. And it was mm -hmm. more providing value of why they needed it, why they needed to hire someone out to do it if they weren't going to DIY it themselves or, or try to, or whatever they were doing there. And it was really just showing why, because I think mm -hmm. a lot of people don't fully understand SEO and how to do it. They might get it high level, but the, the how is a little bit more complicated. So providing the value of how it helps them rather than the how-to was able to get them like into my DMs or to call me or whatever they wanted to do there, join our email list. It just was significantly more successful than the how-to mm -hmm. content. Awesome. What has, like, what have you seen? Yeah, I guess, what have you seen work best for you in your business? Uh, like in terms of marketing? Just in general, yeah, in terms of marketing. Um, 
our social media has been super successful because again, it's meeting people where they're at, I think mm-hmm. is the biggest thing in marketing for, at least for us. I don't know. You've probably worked with many more businesses than I have, uh, but meeting them where they're at is just been super helpful, whether it's just answering questions and solving problems for them, like super quickly in the DMS and then they mm-hmm. hire us all later or just creating that content. I think being personable in social media has been just the most successful thing that I've probably done so far. (laughs) I love that. That's amazing. Okay. What's been the biggest challenge for you? Oh, it's going to be really, I feel like really cliche, but the imposter syndrome, having not worked Mm -hmm. in corporate, having like a quote unquote real job, like going into this and not knowing like the communication portion or like project management has been massively challenging. (laughs) (laughs) It is an adjustment. 100%. (laughs) um okay last question where do you see the future of seo these days and especially with so many people leaning on ai yeah i think it's it's going to come down to that authenticity people are looking for the person behind the brand i think seo is going to change for sure but i don't think it's going away um like some people the the fear mongers are telling us all of our marketing strategies are going to be taken over by robots but um I think it's going to change. I mean, the Google search engine results page is already changing. I believe they're trying to implement that. And so I think it's going to be even more important to create really valuable content that is, you know, really answering people's questions is going to be the big thing. For sure. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Kim. This was excellent. Like I said, I could, I have 18 million more questions for you, but I will let you go. (laughs) Thank you so very much for sharing your insights and your value and just your journey as a business owner. Thanks so much for having me. I could, again, like you, I could chat about this. So thanks for having me. Of course. That's it for this week's episode of The Edge Effect. But the journey doesn't end here. We encourage you to take the lessons learned from our guests and apply them to your own entrepreneurial endeavors. As you navigate the ever-evolving world of branding and marketing, remember that it doesn't have to be overly complex. But communicating your brand effectively is an ongoing journey. It requires continuous refinement, a deep understanding of your audience, and an unwavering commitment to stay true to your story, the unique edge that sets you apart. Stay tuned for future episodes where we continue to unravel the challenges of branding and marketing through the incredible impact of human stories. Until next time, keep embracing the edge, embracing your story, and making a difference through your business. I'm Caroline Crawford, and this has been The Edge Effect.